I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have a very special edition for you in that I'm bringing back three of my guests who I chatted with earlier this year to find out how things have been going since we last checked in. Also, since all three of these CMOs sit on our Innovators Council, I thought it'd be a good time to also ask them what they think the hottest trends will be in 2019. So stay tuned because we have a lot to share with you today and it's gonna go fast, but make sure you have a pen and paper handy We're going to start with Eric Toda, who's the head of marketing at Hill City, the latest brand from Gap, find out how things have gone since they launched on September 20th, and also hear what he thinks about 2019. We're then going to head over to Denmark and chat with Barbara Martin Coppola, who is the chief digital officer of IKEA, and she has some fun things to share about how her role has turned out to be since when we recorded, she hadn't quite started yet. So this will be fun. And uh, also she talks about some of the cool technology that she's looking at for IKEA. And then finally, we're gonna head back over to LA and chat with Kieran Hannon, who is the CMO of Belkin International. And Belkin was recently acquired by Foxconn. So he's going through some fun changes over there and he'll share what those are. But we're not only going to talk about what he thinks is hot for 2019, we're going to talk about CES too, because that's just around the corner and what he thinks is going to be the coolest things to see at CES. So again, stay tuned, enjoy the show, and hope you have a very, very happy holiday. Thank you so much for joining me this year and for all your support. And we look forward to a great 2019 together. Today, I have got the great pleasure of talking with Eric Toda. It's been a few months since he launched Hill City, which was the latest Gap brand. And we're here to check in with him on how things are going, what surprises or learnings he's had along the way, and what his key trends are for 2019, what we need to watch out for. So Eric, hi, and welcome back. Good to be back, Nadine. You know what? You have just done so much since you started at Hill City well, you technically started a year before anybody knew you were at Hill City mm-hmm. and then launched the brand September 20th. Did I get that date right? September 20th was the launch of the brand. 
Oh, look at my memory go. Okay. Because so, that was a big day for me too. Like we get to break the scoop together. So that was very cool. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, you said you had a lot of predictions then about how things were going to be. Tell me, what's it been like? What, what's been your journey? How, how are things going? Yeah, things are going well. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that, that we found was how, many, how much learnings we would have initially. Um, when we were planning the strategy out, we knew that we were making assumptions about who our customer was, what they wanted to see, and how we wanted to go to market. But the minute that you go lights up, you learn a lot about your strategy, where you were right, where you were wrong, and a lot about the customer. And I think this is something that like Gap Inc. prides itself on is putting the customer at the core of everything that they're doing. And so that has transcended into us. And when you see how we launched and you, when you see how people are buying Hill City, you learn so much about where you can change the website, you know, where you can change your social strategy, where you can change how you speak to them. And those are some of the things that we expected halfway but the amount of information coming through was just astonishing. And I think that's been some of the biggest learnings is how do you stay nimble while still trying to run a business, while still trying to stay steady, but also trying to learn as much as the customer is willing to give you so that you can provide the best service for them um, now and in the future. So I love the fact that when we launched, we launched with a really open mind, with a ton of support behind us from, you know, from Gap Bank to say, launch, learn, and adapt. Well, speaking of launch, learn, and adapt, mm-hmm. uh, we had kind of a bit of a check-in about a month or so ago when we featured Kayla Glanville, who's your head of growth, and she was talking about leveraging AI as part of growth, mm-hmm. and she shared some numbers, and I was like, wow, oh my gosh. So like one of your expectations when you launched was that you'd get about 1,000 wear testers, but just 40-some-odd days later, you had, what, 27,000 applicants? Yeah, that's been pretty crazy. Like the whole wear tester program was designed to, again, put the customer directly into the business, not just consuming the business or buying the business. It's putting them directly into the business to help us influence product, to help us influence marketing, to help us influence how we augment the brand around them. And so, yeah, I think when we released the wear tester program, it was with that intent of, all right, we'll see how many people actually want to be a part of this. And, you know, to our surprise, a lot of people raised their hands just because they wanted to be a part of the brand. I think they recognized that we're listening and they recognize that we want to listen. And that's really special just because you don't see that a lot in the industry. And so, yeah, a little under 30,000 have raised their hands to say, I want to be a part of this program. And that's been really, really special to see. Wow. That's amazing. I remember I saw Jeff Jenkins, who's the senior. Carl's Jr. and Hardy's, he tweeted his care package that he got because is he, is he now an official wear tester? Uh, Jeff is an official wear tester. Uh, so <laughs> shout out Jeff for giving us feedback. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, you're so likable. Everybody wants to be part of your, your world, Eric. So too bad. I told you you have to have a women's line soon so I can become a wear tester too, please. <laughs> we'll, dad, we'll definitely think about that. Maybe you can help me, you know, get through the application process or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure I can give you some tips. <laughs> okay, good. I want some tips. Okay, so you've learned a lot. You're growing like crazy. How do you feel things are going? I mean, obviously, great. But like, any surprises? Any you know, notable moments? Anything that you could say? Wow, this really was an unusual thing that happened, or we weren't ready for the volume. No, I, I, to be honest with you, like the, the notable moments as of right now have just been the ones that we learned the most, you know, and I think like to say like there's one over the other, um, 
I can't just because it's so early. I, I think what we hear a lot uh, from a lot of people when they see Hill City is like, they tell us, oh, it feels like your, your brand has been around for a while just because of how you show up, how you storytell. That's a big, uh, I, I contribute a lot of that to, to Calvin Leung, our head of creative, just because he's brilliant. Um, but the thing is, it's that we're still so young and we're still so early in the journey that everything's a learning. Literally every single day when we look at how we're doing, when we look at how many people are coming to the site, we learn something brand new every single day. And so I think the biggest notable moment for us is just understanding all of that and being able not to just sit on it and say, okay, cool. Like there's a lot of people coming into the site, but saying, all right, now how do we make the site better? You know, how do we make the site better every single day, um, every single time you come in? I mean, if you look at the website when we launched and look at the website now, significantly different. And, and I think that's been, we went through a bunch of homepage redesigns because we're just constantly adapting to the customer. And I think that's, that's a special thing about being a direct-to-consumer brand is that you know who the customer is, you know what they like, you know what they don't like, you know where they're going. And so you're able to adapt the brand and the experience for them. And I, and I think that's probably one of the most amazing things that, you know, that, that we have with us. Yeah. And you're doing it like in record time. I mean, in, so you must be using a lot of cool tools and technology to help you harvest and process and digest this information and make those changes. Tell me about what the hottest tools right now are the hottest tips or tricks or things that we should be looking at in 2019. Honestly, the, the biggest thing that is so helpful that I, I haven't had a ton of exposure to up until now is the way our platform tracks the, you know, the customer, the way it's able to aggregate all these data sources, all these different signals as they go through the site and then cull it down into actionable insights. Like here are the trends that are happening for your sales day over day. Here's where the customer is sticking. Like this is where they're sitting on all that good stuff. Um, and it's become so addicting to the point that I, I told you this earlier is that I actually look at those numbers. I look at those dashboards way more now than I look at social media. It's just so addicting because you're able to see a lot of the changes that we make as a team, like change the direction and the path of the company hour over hour. And that's fantastic and really cool just because you're able to see, are you making the right moves? And if, and if you need to adjust a move, how do you adjust it? And that's been probably one of the most fantastic things that, you know, and, and the lucky thing for us to be on the Gap Inc. platform is that these were already built in for us. And so by launching with Gap Inc. as a platform, we have access to tools, we have access to, to measurement, we have access to all these different things that help us accelerate our business quicker than if we didn't. Yeah. You've made that point before that being part of a big organization like Gap gave you sort of a, a bit of a head start when it comes to things like organizational management and HR and things like that, that most startups would probably be sinking in right now, but also these tools now that we're talking about. So what is it that you think for 2019 might be coming down the pipe that would be additional to what you have already in your portfolio of tools? Yeah. So I, I look at like our portfolio of tools help us operationalize. And that's been the, the benefit of launching within Gap Bank is that we've had to uh, not just build a brand, not just build a customer profile, but we've also had to build like an organization. And the nice thing about Gap Bank is that when and I've been in startups before, uh, when you're in a startup, you have to figure out, OK, cool. How am I going to get a legal team and do I have to outsource it or how am I going to get an HR department? Do I have to outsource that? That's all built in. 
you know, by being a part of Gap Bank. And so that's allowed us to focus a lot on the, on the customer and how we show up and how we do things differently so that we're not spending five minutes focusing on the customer and then another five on legal and then another five on, on HR. That's allowed us to be so creative with how we see the future of Hill City. And so when I look at 2019, because we still have a lot of institutional help from Gap Inc., we're able to focus on what do we want to see from Hill City and where Hill City uh, fits into the customer's life. And I think the biggest thing that you're starting to see right now is that a lot of brands, including ours, we're taking advantage of the fact that we're direct to consumers. So a lot of our distribution and, and channels to the customer are social. That means not just we push messages to them, but we encourage feedback. We encourage you know, people voting. We encourage people coming to us to say, here's how you make the product better. Not a lot of brands really understand this fundamental point that if you use social media as a two-way conversation, you build a lot of loyalty, you build a lot of trust, but you build an understanding with that customer that you're here to listen. Take, for example, last Friday, we were debating internally as a group, what hat should we make for the summer? And we're like, I don't know, it's 50-50. And you know, Calvin and Luke, our head of design, were like, I got an idea. Why don't we just put it on Instagram stories and let people vote? And within seconds, so many people took a part of that vote. And now we know what hat we're going to make in, in the summer. And you could bet that we will do this way more often. Colors, pants, t-shirts. And I think that a big trend that's happening right now isn't just to build a brand or to build products specifically for you to consume and for you to be a customer, like a transaction. I think something that I love seeing is that brands are trying to understand there's a powerful voice with our customer and we need to tap into that. And I think that we've based our entire strategy on cultivating a community and on cultivating their voice and their feedback so that they can help us build each and every step of the way. So I look at that as probably one of the biggest trends that you'll see in 2019 is, is brands not really using social as a push method, but as a pull and get people more into you know the conversation with that brand. I love it. And I couldn't agree with you more. Well, Eric, it's been very, very exciting to hear about all your progress and all of the growth and all the learnings. And you have to keep us posted. And next one, I'm going to see you in but in February, I'm going to see you in New York for Challenger Brands, right? That's right. You'll see me All there. right. So we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for having me. I wanted to welcome my dear friend, Barbara Martin Coppola, back to the show. Barbara is the Chief Digital Officer of IKEA. And when we released her podcast six months ago now, exactly. uh, she was just going into her new role. So hi, Barbara. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I've been having so much fun catching up with you for a few minutes because I, I haven't seen you since you left the U.S. and headed over to become the chief digital officer of IKEA. Tell me, how's it going? And what have you been working on for six months? Oh, my God, yes. So I packed my things, moved all the way to Scandinavia. I'm now living in uh, one of the most uh, happy countries in the world, in Denmark, <laughs> in Copenhagen. And uh, yeah, and I switched from chief marketing officer to chief digital officer. I'm doing a big transformation, digitalization for IKEA. That means we are including digital, merging it with business and getting the whole company to be at a higher level from a digital perspective. 
from the customer experience, how we operate the company, data centricity, innovation, new business model. It really touches everything. Wow, how exciting. And I remember when you were going into this role, we were talking about the difference between you being a chief marketing officer and a chief digital officer, but you actually have a counterpart who's a chief marketing officer there, right? So you talk a little bit about your relationship and how you guys work together. Yeah, I think digital is part of business and uh, it is embedded and cross-functionally integrated with different parts of business. And so marketing being an important one, marketing is uh, much more effective with digital and technology, the data, the measurability of the whole thing, the fact of this quick feedback loop and interaction. So I think that um, digital is a great partner for every side of the company. And that's how it should be, I think, for everybody. So exciting. I can't wait to jump in into that a little bit more and ask you what you think are the hottest trends for 2019. But before we do that, you were talking about some fun surprises that you've had in this new role, both from a cultural perspective, a country perspective. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, this is a very different culture. The first beautiful surprise is actually the values and the culture that lives at IKEA. It is lived so intensively within the company in a beautiful way that every single decision actually goes through the filter of the values. In times of transformation, you know, values are the, the compass and the filter for every decision that the company takes. I am very inspired by the ambition that I've seen, especially in sustainability. IKEA is aiming by 2030 to have every single piece of furniture be sustainable in the fact of either it will be repurposed, resold, reused or recycled one day. And so everything will be environmental friendly. I think it's uh, a beautiful aim. And uh, having such a commitment within and still number one manufacturer of furniture worldwide is actually beautiful. And you were also talking about how warm and inviting just the people in general are that you work with and how there's just this wonderful, diverse team around you. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I found the company overall IKEA to be extremely welcoming. Um, The values of uh, honesty, simplicity, as well as uh, equality actually helps the environment be extremely friendly. I love the diversity aspect where 50% of the executives are are women and uh, it trickles down across the whole uh, company in every single team. I would say really an example to follow for many companies And I think those Scandinavian, especially Swedish values, are are really a big part of uh, how IKEA uh, developed over time and this uh, beautiful mission and vision that IKEA has about creating a a better everyday life for the many people. That is uh, absolutely true. Very touching. And we'll have to check back and see how things are going on that later But as this is our quick update, I was wondering if you could give us your perspective on what you think from a digital technology standpoint is hot right now and what we should be paying attention to in 2019. I think there is a topic that has been um, an important one for consumers all over the world, which is privacy, security, 
there is a lot of thinking around how to get consumers to be trust, trusting the different services and the different um, you know, providers that they interact with uh, from a digital perspective. And so I know that there is a lot of thinking on how blockchain could play an important role into moving forward um, to help consumers feel a little bit more at ease uh, with different technologies. There is another very interesting phenomenon, which is the digital companies are actually starting to come to the physical stores and opening and trying things while the physical stores and the retail environment is coming digital. That's what people call digital, physical and digital. And it's just fascinating to see who will get to the most innovative and amazing experiences. And I would say uh, nobody has won the battle in that space. And knowing how important the stores are still in you know, the tissue of societies and in the cities, how is that going to be evolving for many people in the more and more urban environments where the majority of the population is moving into? So uh, that's the second thing to watch, I think. Just keeping on track of, of all the innovation, I think, that, that there will be. And then there is, I think, a lot of thinking of the platforms. Amazon, Alibaba are still growing very strong. I very much admire you know, everything that they're building with regards to technology. But there starts to be a little bit of what's next? What's coming after that? And actually starting to think about different business models being extremely centered in the human being from a needs perspective, from an emotional perspective, and from a, a reality of life perspective. And so the, the question is on um, you know, going beyond the pure transactional aspect of the platforms to a much more fulfilling experience. A lot of thinking and, and a lot of interesting developments um, starting to emerge, I think, that we will see next year. So much to think about there. So I heard, as a real quick summary, blockchain, digital, I love that word, by the way, digital, yeah. and then a real centering around human emotion needs and being able to provide a better experience. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Okay. Cool. Can you just explain to me what the heck blockchain is? I'm just curious. <laughs> it's a technology that uh, uses a lot of coding with what we call chains. Blockchain with regards to security means that you as a user will give your consent to when the companies can actually use your data and can't, but in a super easy way. And so somehow the thinking is that nobody, no company would own your data except yourself but they will be able to use it when you give your consent for them to use it so that you always feel in control and insecurity with your own identity and preferences. Wow. Okay. That was really helpful. I ask a lot of people what the heck blockchain is. And I think uh, <laughs> Babs said it's all the things that you didn't understand about finance and all the things that you don't understand about technology combined into one thing. So <laughs> I, I agree. So, all right. Well, very cool. Well, I wish we had more time and I'm going to come back and check in with you again soon. But um, what a great way for us to kick off the year to have your opinion about what's hot 
we'll keep our eye on all those things and wish you all the continued success and enjoyment that you're having with IKEA. Thank you. You will hear a lot about IKEA in the coming years. It was really good to talk to you. Hello, and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, I have the great pleasure of having my dear friend, Kieran Hannon, who's the CMO of Belkin International, back with us to give us an update and his ideas on what's going to be hot in 2019. Kieran, hi, and welcome back. Hello, Nadine. Wonderful to be chatting with you today as the year is coming to a close. I know. It's amazing how fast this whole year went by, and my goodness, um, I'm still even trying to remember when we released your podcast, but it was at least six months ago, maybe even more like eight months ago, and a lot's happened in your world. So tell me, how how have you been? What's new? (laughs) It's kind of like dog years, isn't it? (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, no, things have been great. What's new with us? Uh, We're here getting ready for uh, our big show, the Consumer Electronics Show in CS in the beginning of January. That's a huge... um, event for our company and um, rallies everybody around. It's pretty exciting for us to share the new experiences we're bringing to the market. But since uh, we last chatted, uh, uh, our company has been a private company for 35 years, founded by Chet Pipkin um, in his parents' kitchen 35 years ago, where he was uh, building uh, cables, uh, connecting um, you know the Mac t- to a serial printer and so forth. So Fast forward to today, 35 years later, it's now four brands. I've talked about them before, Belkin in the accessory space, Linksys in networking, uh, Wemo and Finn, P-H-Y-N, in the smart home space. And since we last chatted, we're now part of Foxconn Interconnect Technology, FIT, which is uh, part of the larger Foxconn Hanai family. So um, it's a great combination of their manufacturing and engineering prowess for for manufacturing, coupled with our uh, brands, our software, our hardware, our design, our engineering, and our go-to-market prowess. So it's a great combination of of the two companies, and it's been pretty exciting to see uh, what that will bring for us in 2019. Lots coming in 2019, I'm sure, and I can't wait to see what you'll do there. Didn't you say to me earlier that the parent company, Foxconn, is responsible for 40% of the world's electronics. Is that right? Yes. Foxconn Hanai Group as a total entity manufacture uh, nearly 40% of all the world's electronics. So things that are near and dear to your hearts uh, when it comes to technology and devices, most likely Foxconn has built it for uh, their partners. So absolutely. Wow. Okay. Super cool. And I know that you have been very immersed in all things technology since I've known you well before. And the CES show is one of your biggest shows of the year. In fact, it is the biggest show for you of the year. Is that right? It is. I mean, it's the biggest uh, electronic show in the world, the consumer electronics show. It's a global show. Uh, so everyone descends onto Las Vegas the second week in January. The show itself will start on January 8th this year. And as I said, it's a very important show for a number of reasons. A, we get to share with our key customers. It is a trade show. So it's all of our retail partners from around the, around the world coming to see, um, you know, what's in the portfolio for 2019 and 2020. And also the partnerships that we're doing and so forth. So for those of you listening, if you happen to be at CES, 
uh, I urge you all, please do walk the show floor. Uh, I know a lot of people get caught up in meetings and hotels and so forth and unfortunately never make it to the show floor. And there's nothing better than seeing it in action yourself rather than hear about it in reports and, and summaries afterwards. Please do take half a day. You can power walk the floor in half a day. And I urge you, there's three halls. The North Hall is all automotive. The Central Hall is the large consumer brands, particularly around uh, displays and the, the semiconductor brands. And then the South Hall, uh, where we are, we're in the upper level of the South Hall, just inside the main door, is uh, a lot of the accessory and IoT and IoT-related brands as well. So we have nearly an 8,000-square-foot booth showcasing our four brands, and each brand has its own distinct experience that it brings to market. They're all interrelated. They're all you know, in the technology consumer electronics space. And we believe it's a great way to experience what we're about and understand the DNA of our company. So, again, even if you don't have time to come to see us, I encourage you all, please do get on the show floor and walk around because uh, that's a great way to, to be inspired and walk away. And you might even learn something uh, different that you uh, didn't realize was, was available. I'm excited because I'm going to come and see you this year. I'm so excited because <laughs> I know as long as we've known each other and we've talked about CS and what it means, and this year you get to see it yourself with me. So wonderful. Yeah, exactly. You know, gosh, this reminds me, I, I wrote an article about you several years ago and was looking at the pictures because I was talking about that and I wasn't there. And then we did your podcast, we talked about it and I wasn't there. But this year... I'm in. I'm all. I Third am totally time lucky. You, you bet. <laughs> Third time lucky. <laughs> exactly. Red, exactly. Red carpet awaits you, Nadine. Red carpet oh, awaits you. Oh, I, yeah. I like that. That's so nice. I want a red carpet. Uh, That's great. Super. Okay. Well, let's let's keep going on this whole trend around technology and anything else that's innovative in your mind. What do you think is the key things to watch out for or pay attention to in 2019? So, and again, this is just a general market um, perspective, nothing you know, directly related to us and our brands, though elements uh, will, will be included. Uh, I think there's, a, there's, there's three things I will talk about. Um, two are, are industry specific, and one is a bit of a rallying cry as well. So the one uh, area that's, that I think is so exciting, and I know a lot of people have talked about it already on your podcast, uh, some of them, um, blockchain. Blockchain has such a huge beneficial impact on, on the business. As we saw this year, Walmart was very, very quick to enable blockchain on tracking lettuces and produce going through their channels. Again, as you recall, there was some concern with lettuce and, and food safety and so forth, and they very quickly implemented blockchains, a way to track and source that particular produce, where it left the farm and where it stopped and where it ended up. So. Traceability is a big term used in the medical device industry, being able to trace exactly where a, a, a product, a device is and where it might go. And so we're seeing this now being applied in a very scalable way to everyday products. And who would, who would thought blockchain would be utilized to track uh, lettuce? I mean, just if you said that to me a year ago and said, you crazy, and now we know why, right? Food safety is very, very important. So that's one. And you think about applications of blockchain moving forward, there are a number of companies uh, 
uh, looking at it in marketing, how, how to apply in marketing. We've talked a lot about digital transparency and digital fraud. It's a way that people believe uh, that this might be the one way to track, measure, and report on uh, advertising usage as it relates to digital media. So uh, that's one example for marketers that, that may be on the horizon in 2019. Uh, but that's one of many things. So I think this notion of traceability, transparency, transactional, and security, I think all ties together. So blockchain is definitely one I'm excited about. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Barbara. What is your definition of blockchain? That's a great question. And uh, I hope Barbara responded on my behalf. <laughs> so it is a way to uniquely identify a thing. And that identifier both has a sender and a receiver uh, synchronization so that if, if it's going to one person knows that the person should be going to should be receiving it and, and confirming that. So there's two parts. It's a unique identifier that's traceable and trackable across whatever it's been applied to. And it's mostly a software tool, but as we saw, it is now being applied to things like lettuces and so forth. So that's one aspect. Then the second thing is when you go to the next level is that the recipient that's supposed to be receiving this is, is indeed the recipient that should be receiving it and you get that confirmation as well. So it's a quite a deep platform in that, in that way. It's quite flexible and depending on how you want to use it, it lets you uh, do that. Awesome. Thanks for that. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, no worries. We, were, we were joking in, in her recording. And that, was well. not, that was not a technical description. That was a Kieran description. I want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I love it. I love it. All right. So, okay, keep going. Sorry. Number two. Okay. All right. Number two, um, we've heard a lot about AI and machine learning and so forth and Autonomous driving. I mean, autonomous driving it today is very safe. I know there's been a few uh, instances, but those are few and far between. For all intents and purposes, autonomous driving can be done today. Uh, but, but the technology and the, the engineering, the cloud behind it, what makes it happen in real time, that capability for facial recognition has been used quite a bit, as you know, in the security industry has been used, but it's now being used at advance and so forth. To understand people's sentiment, are they, there's, there's, you know, people are now looking at facial and mood instrumentation to be able to really understand explicitly and implicitly what's going on with the individual group of people, the community, and so forth. So it's, that I think is going to have a big application in areas where, where maybe sound uh, may not be possible. And you may be able to use uh, facial uh, gestures to do something without having to say anything or move your hands or anything else. That could be a big application. So, and understanding you know people's mindsets. If the mood is changing, you might be able to recognize it, and depending on what you're using for, you might be able to uh, adjust accordingly what you're you're providing and experience to those people. So, I think that's something that's. Uh, got a wide range of applications. I think about in healthcare uh, for people who are ill and they may be physically impaired, but there's things that they can do uh, or imply or, or feel that maybe uh, have the ability now to start to read better. And so I'm very hopeful for that. I think that's uh, something you'll see more of in 2019. 
And then the third uh, area is one that's, uh, I think, near and dear to my heart, and I'm going to issue a rallying cry to, to all of us at large. Uh, in advertising marketing, uh, truth in advertising has been very important, meaning if you're going to put out a fact or a statement about you and your brand, you have to be able to prove it. It has to be factually correct. And I don't think our forefathers had planned uh, with you know the First Amendment that that truth would not be used as part of freedom of expression, right? And I think it's now gone to a point where we've broken that trust with people. And I would urge, ask, plead for the industry, the collective industry at large, and all the very member associations to come together and create a truth in political advertising standard, meaning that if you're going to put something out there that you have to stand by, it has to be factually correct. You can't put something out that is factually incorrect and expect to run it on any paid media without someone saying this is verified. So today, if we put something out and there is something incorrect, you know, the Better Business Bureau or some other organization can review it and issue, issue a finding. We should be able to do that with political advertising. I think it's absolute necessity. So that would be my third ask. Truth in political advertising, if you're going to run something, uh, it has to have been verified. That is a lot for us to think about and all really, really good tips and thinking around 2019. So my gosh, we could do a podcast on each one of your three points, I'm sure. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts as we go into 2019. I am so excited for seeing you at CES to see what your floor looks like, your display area. Also, I'm excited for what lies ahead for you with now a new parent company. Uh, So congrats on all the wonderful things uh, that have happened already this year and, and new things that are coming for 2019. Thank you, Nadine. Uh, wishing you and yours and everybody listening happy holidays and uh, a wonderful, prosperous 2019. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.